pile. These are generally conversations between adults after the children have left the table. The language can be spicy and the subjects can get saucy. So if you're ready, you are listening to The Southern Fork, a podcast that hosts kitchen chats with some of the most interesting people in the culinary South. I'm your host, Stephanie Burt, and I'm always hungry to learn more. Let's dig in. The Southern Fork is supported by Charleston Wine and Food. The first weekend in March is always marked on my dance card, as it were. Although I love attending food festivals all over the country, the Charleston Wine and Food Festival sincerely has a special place in my heart. I've watched it grow and evolve throughout its presence in the city, and each year I make new connections, taste something delicious I have to share with others, and of course, have lots of fun. This year, I'm honored to be a participant and will be speaking at the Pecha Kucha event, as well as popping into as many other events as I can squeeze into my festival days. Tickets are sold out for lots of things, but there are still plenty of opportunities to join me in the culinary village and beyond. Visit charlestonwineandfood.com for more information and to purchase tickets. And if you see me at the festival, please make time to say hi. I'd love to meet you. There's something about cast iron that captures our attention. It feels important in the kitchen. There's the allure and the history of it. And of course, if you've used it to sear, roast, or fry, then you understand what I'm talking about. Isaac Morton of Smithy Ironware in Charleston, South Carolina, gets you. He's the former real estate and banking guy who went for a deep dive into the world of cast iron, so much so that he eventually left his old profession and is now creating some of the most sought-after, hand-finished pieces in the industry. Since he dove deep, we do too in this interview, really getting techie about what makes a cast iron skillet right. But we do it all in a warehouse in the suburbs where you can hear dogs barking, random moving of boxes, and there's general echoey warehouse sounds. But what you'll probably want to hear after it's over is the sizzle of a steak hitting a cast iron pan. So welcome to the Southern Fork, Isaac. Thanks. Are you really, really tired after forging and hand <laughs> polishing and finishing and packing um i am yes i am very <laughs> um, i think my fingers have recovered they don't have the grind yes iron dirt that they had on them at this time last year last week but yeah and that happened because food 52 yeah actually f- just recently featured um you in a video right they launched you know we've been talking with them for probably two or three months about our cookware. And um, we set a launch date for them to um, begin selling it on their website um, late January this year. And, um, you know, we sort of expected it to be pretty, you know, pretty robust and they expected it to be pretty robust, but it blew away 
their expectations and ours and our inventory at the same time. So it was just a little bit of everything. I have two employees and myself, and we were just well, it was really just one and a half of us that were doing most of the work at this time. So mm-hmm. um, we just became swamped. But we got it. We got everything out on time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been great. Yeah, it's been really good. Well, that's probably because cast iron has really enjoyed a renaissance. Really, I think in American cooking, mm-hmm. there's a cast iron magazine. People are really interested in it. They're collecting. We were talking about collect people that are collectors of cast iron, and I know that you can count yourself among that. Yeah, um, I'm among that group. Yes, um, but there's also, frankly, we just have a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fire away. So, so first. Before we get into all the tech of what makes uh, Smithy different and also why, I just want to know how you got from real estate to doing this. (laughs) And I'm sure it's not uh, a straight path. No, it's really not. You can hit the high points. I mean, my background is is in the real estate, banking, finance world. And I've always enjoyed cooking. I've always enjoyed collecting cast iron. Well, I shouldn't say I've always enjoyed collecting cast iron, but my um, sister-in-law, probably eight years ago, ten years ago or so, uh, gave me an old Griswold. And Griswold is a brand that was made uh, in the late 1800s up until probably 1940. and uh, Or actually, I think it was about 1960. But... Anyway, she gave me one of these old pieces, and I was just really struck by how well-crafted it was. And up until that point, I had always associated cast iron with a really rough sandpaper-like surface that Mm -hmm. uh, was challenging to clean and really sort of one-dimensional in the way that it cooks. Um, It's great. It's good for searing, but it didn't have a lot more to it, those rough sort of modern pieces mm-hmm. when I found these old pieces I was really inspired by how well and well crafted and how um, well polished the surface finishes and, and see that is probably and I should probably mention that we are sitting in your warehouse area right, right now so yeah. that that is the sound um and, and I've already gotten covered by dust immediately because I like to touch things. But um, I think when you are looking for cast iron, I think uh, novices, they'll say, you want to find it with that good season on it. Mm-hmm. But it's way beyond season is what you're saying when you saw that Griswold. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't seasoning wasn't going to make that piece, an old vintage piece, um, it'll make it marginally better. But it, it's the surface finish out of the gate that mm-hmm. really makes it um, almost a non-stick piece of cookware. Right. Um, and, and Food 52 has the the egg video. Yeah. Cooking an the, egg in the Smithy's pan. Yeah, they've got the beautiful egg video where they roll a, a fried egg around on our skillet, which is, to me the test of whether we've done our job or not. Now you can't do that on a raw surface, a bare surface, but you you can do that with some oil on the surface and um, it's it gives the skillet, the pan, 
more versatility. So you, mm-hmm. it, it really can become an everyday um, piece of cast iron or piece of cookware. So this Griswold pan captured your imagination. Yeah. And you started... Well, it was like a backyard hobby. I just, I would buy these old pieces and I'd give them to friends and family. I'd restore them in my backyard and give them to friends and family for wedding presents and, um, and you know, birthdays, holidays, whatnot. And they were always really well received. This sort of got me, I was buying books about old cast iron and, you know, destroying my backyard in the process. <laughs> and um, I saw the prices on eBay just start ticking upwards. And I, I thought, wow, there's, there's more of a, there are a lot more people that are really into cast iron than just me. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, well, I wonder if I could do this on my own. <laughs> um, and I got together with a designer. We created a piece. We created a brand, some logo work, and um, went to several foundries and talked with them about um, partnering up with us. Mm-hmm. And most of them just said, get out and see you later. We want nothing to do with anything that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did find one that was a, a really good fit. They were interested in the project, and it was a project at that point. It was just kind of... Let's see if we can we'll do see this. If this yeah. works. And, right. um, and from there, um, things just sort of snowballed. And right. It's still snowballing. So. so there are some interesting elements to one of your pans and I kind of want to walk through those um, because that was that was really part of that beginning process when you're creating prototypes and thinking so one thing is there's a hole in the the handle mm-hmm. one hole and then there's this little part on the other side of the pan opposite that looks like uh, brass knuckles a little bit <laughs> <laughs> right um, and why are those there? The holes are, I mean, well, they started out based on an old Wagner piece that was cast, you know, late 1800s. And it had three, I don't know, it may have been a reject, but, but it, it, there's a piece with three holes on the handle. I thought it looked really cool. And I thought, well, maybe we incorporate that into our prototype or something similar. And we did we put it on the handle i didn't think it looked right and so we went to three holes on the outside and they also have some utility and that is the you can hang on on both sides of the skillet so you can hang on the helper handle and you can hang on the actual handle Um, you reduce some weight with those holes and then the three holes on the helper handle they fit to your your fingers they sort of unless it's ergonomic. super hot and then you have an indiana jones moment yeah, where you're searing yeah. the shape into yeah you your don't hand. want to sear your hand <laughs> but if you have cooked on it or if you're pouring something off or if you're washing it it's just nice to be able to grip that right that location um in particular it's just helpful let's talk next about the thickness of the iron yeah um yeah. because that's a that can really vary depending on age. Also, I think a lot of people don't realize that cooking in cast iron is is literally good for you because it adds iron to the mm-hmm. food. So over 100 years when that pan is used, it can 
warp, there can be thinner spots, thicker spots. How did you know what the thickness of your pans needed to be? Or your cookware, I guess I should say. It's a really, it's a really, um, in my estimation, really important part of cast iron. Because in order to for cast iron to sear with authority or properly, it has to be a certain thickness. Um, otherwise, you're sort of cooking on a glorified piece of steel. Um, the old pieces, if they had any drawback, it was that they did have a really narrow wall. And that makes them lighter, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But it also... When you're putting them in the covered wagon to take across the United States, yeah, right? Right, right. <laughs> but it doesn't always have... It doesn't sear quite as well. Now, you want to... In my opinion, you need a, an iron pan that's slightly thicker than some of those old vintage pieces. Mm-hmm. Um and so we've made it a little bit thicker, but you get to one point, you get to a point, and it's just heavy. It can get way too heavy. Mm-hmm. And so there's a fine line between having uh, a wall thickness that's right where it needs to be versus something that's too heavy versus something that's too narrow. Right. I think we're about there, and it's roughly two-tenths of an inch or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where our pieces ring in, uh, generally. I mean, we mill the interiors. And so we're pulling iron out of our original mm-hmm. casting, and we're milling down to a certain weight from from a, an as-cast weight. And that's probably what everyone will notice yeah. upon first looking at your cookware, is the milled interior. It's, it's smooth. It's shiny. Yeah. It, it's slick. That, I mean... If that's there's so different. Was, yeah, if there's anything... And it wasn't different. It used to be common. Um, and... When you look at a lot of those vintage pieces, that surface finish is what sets them off. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to set our pieces off. So what we've done is really thought about how we polish the, the surface. Mm-hmm. And it's several different steps from a machinist um, to um, you know, this bathtub of rocks that I showed you in our, right. our shop. Stonewashing 1994. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, oh my God, where are my jorts? <laughs> uh, and then there's, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just the machines that were working after the, our machines have worked on the pieces, our hands are working. Right. There's a lot there's of a lot different of steps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And going back and having a certain level. And so... Yeah, you're kind of obsessed. You ruined your backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew if they invited you to a wedding that that's what they were going to get. Yeah, there are a group of people <laughs> probably five years ago that, you know, that was like the, that was my go-to. That was the go-to. Um, yeah. And they've all loved them. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I am obsessed. I think about and I dream about cast iron more than I care to admit. So what um, what attracts you to it? Is it the history? Is it the craftsmanship? Is it the cooking that you can do? I'm sure it's a combination. Yeah, of it's that. a combination of of all of those things. Um, the, the history is really interesting. The quality and the craftsmanship probably is what drives me a, a little more. Um, and then the idea or the notion that you could have one piece of cookware that is really, you know, it's been cared for, it's been created by hand, and it's something that, that is your sort of sole possession in the kitchen. Pe- people get very possessive over their cast.
podcasts mm-hmm. are. They do. And I mean, there's sort of the race when <laughs> at the estate sale between siblings to find out who can who can get mom or dad's cast iron. And uh, so we want to we want those folks that didn't get their their heirloom mm-hmm. to come talk to us, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, because we're we're making pieces that are similar in quality to that. And there is an amazing amount of versatility in yeah. a good piece of cast iron. There's roasting, there's searing, mm-hmm. there's frying, um, and you know that you can take it, you can put it in the coals, you can put it in the oven, it can be on the stovetop. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff using it on the grill. Yeah. Well, I how mean, do my, you find yourself my using it? Favorite, my favorite thing to do, and well, there are two things I like to do. Is, is a fried egg is the first, just because it's kind of the challenge of making a perfect fried eggs that has been with me for too long. But that, and then doing what's called a reverse sear where you actually cook a steak in the cast iron in the oven at a very low temperature. You bring it up very slowly at 200 degrees up to about 120, 115 degrees. And then you sear it on a, you bring it out of the oven and you sear it two minutes aside, a minute aside on on another piece of cast iron that's scalding hot. And that is a really, to me, a really effective way. It's almost like sous vide mm-hmm. um, for for a steak. It's just the oven is your sous vide mm-hmm. mechanism, or or or. Um, and so it's a great way to to cook a, a steak in life. And you can do it with a lot of different dishes. But mm-hmm. A steak in particular is one that I really really enjoy. Um, my my go to is roast chicken. Yeah. Because you can put the whole thing in there, you can shove all your veggies around mm-hmm. it. And if you can fit a chicken in a cast iron skillet or pan yeah. or something, you can cook it right in there. Yeah. It doesn't need a lot of extra room. But I was talking about that because basically this podcast is based on what I need to know for my cooking. <laughs> and so I'm like, who do I need to talk to to fix this problem? So I have this problem. Yeah. When I roast things, I'm roasting because right. roasting is the easy way to cook. Mm-hmm. You know, you put it in there, 30 minutes, half right. a glass of wine, ready, yeah. done, boom. The vegetables will stick, especially onions. They get really right. down in there. And... I end up feeling like I'm taking the seasoning off. Mm-hmm. How do I maintain an heirloom like your cookware or a family heirloom? Yeah, yeah. The seasoning is this, uh, is this major myth that, that I think is out there. And the way that we like to explain seasoning is, is think of it like paint on your house. You're just painting. Um, you're taking an oil and you're painting the surface and you're letting that oil dry over the surface. And its its primary function is to protect the surface of the iron from rust or from water, which... which creates rust. Yeah, which right. creates rust. And so when you're seasoning, you're just taking an oil, you're bringing it to its smoke point, and you're letting it stay at or around its smoke point for an hour or so. How do you store it? How do you keep it? I just, I recommend people um, leave it on the range. Leave it out. You can put it in a, in a cupboard, but in my opinion, 
the best place for a cast iron skillet is either hanging up above the range or on the range. So um, the best place is on the range. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think people just need to be, in terms of cleaning just or seasoning, just get in the habit of wiping it down with a little bit of vegetable oil or whatever oil you have around after you use it. By cooking on it, you're naturally seasoning it. But using oil to clean it will help. Yeah. And if you need to scrub, you can use oil and a little salt, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can use soap. People say don't use soap. I mean, there are, there are probably There's a lot a million, of people listeners yeah. right now who, who want to shoot me. But you can a little dab of soap is, is not going to hurt a, a well-seasoned cast iron mm -hmm. skillet. Um, you know, what you don't want to do is get really, really rough with a nylon or steel wool, wool scouring pad. You can mm -hmm. use them, but just use, be light with it. The food remnants will come right off. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I like these metal lamps and spatulas that uh, just to just move them across the surface to get right and, and just and, scrape that top yeah, layer just, off. Just scrape it off. And then wipe that. And yeah, put and it put it a little bit of oil on it and. And um, it'll be ready for you next time. Because I think we get really intimidated. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a rush, you're hungry, it's time to cook, you don't, yeah. and you're not used to something, it stays right. out of your repertoire. Mm -hmm. So why is it worth it to have this little extra maintenance? Yeah, I think it's worth it. Well, it's worth it for people that you know, appreciate their tools. If you're somebody that, that likes your tools and you want to take care of your tools or take care of your cookware, mm -hmm. uh, cast iron is for you. If, if your cookware is something that you want to throw in the cupboard and, and not look at again, it, cast iron might just might not be the best for you um, because it needs to be used frequently and it needs to be used in the right you know, in the right setting. That said, it's very versatile. It's mm -hmm. as versatile as any. It's just like having a chef's knife. Yeah. It really is an yeah. important thing in the kitchen. Just like a, you need some kind of electric chopper. Yeah. You need a chef's knife. You need a nice cutting board, probably two, one for meat, one for veg. And a cast iron skillet. Yeah. You're doing pretty good at that point. I imagine that if you were to ask most chefs, if you were telling me you've only got one pan, what are you picking? I'm guessing they're probably going to pick the cast iron skillet. Yeah, they um, are. I've asked a few. Yeah, that, that's what they're <laughs> going to go for. Um, right. And they're going to go for it because it sears and it's got, and you can cover the bases on anything else you need mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. outside of that. So um, that would be my guess. But yeah. So when it's cooling down, mm -hmm. um, do I need to make sure that it cools down gently or like if I throw it like on the grill yeah. and it gets like there are flames licking the bottom of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, you, you don't, I mean, you don't want to obviously touch it at that point, but, <laughs> um, you do want, and you don't want to take it from a very hot environment and dump it in water. That, that is a case for cracking cast iron. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's, our cast iron or it's anybody else's taking a metal from hot to cold quickly right. cracks it. Now you just and people wanna, don't even think that you know, I, like metal yeah. can crack, but it oh, totally yeah. can. And iron is more susceptible to that than mm -hmm. than other other metals. That's that is one 
big no-no. Now, you can, um, you can do just about anything else other than that and drop it on the ground. Um, and even if you drop them, they're, they're You okay. can use them as weapons, yeah, as we've weapons. all seen Looney Tunes, right? <laughs> right. right. But, <laughs> or the Three Stooges, either but, one. But a super high heat, I mean, they're, if, at, at really high temperatures is where it shines. And after you use it at those high temperatures, just be sure to wipe it with a little bit of oil. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know to wipe the underside just as much as the, the cooking surface. The underside probably gets is the most susceptible to having seasoning breakdown on you mm -hmm. because it's right on the heat. It's exposed to the flame, right? Right. And so at super high temperature, seasoning breaks down. It's over eight, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred degrees, but over time, you know, you might hit that mm -hmm. on, the, on the underside of your pan. Right. So I recommend people just be sure, you know, every week or so, just give it a little wipe down mm -hmm. vegetable oil on the underside as well. Mm -hmm. but, uh, well, you just went through a seasoning of your own here. Yeah. So what are you really excited about? What What's going to happen now that you've you kind of, well, number one, you're excited to get product back in yeah. house to work on, right? I, I know. We'll, we'll have, well, we've got a few of our 10-inch skillets left, but um, we'll have more of, of our 10 and 12-inch skillets in early March. So that, that'll be nice. That'll get us busy again. But um, we've got other sizes I'm thinking about, but I want people to, you know, if you have something that you really like, let us know. We're, we're toying with a, a smaller um, a smaller skillet that would be almost, um, you know, like an omelet or a, or a frittata type of Yeah, I would dig piece. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. just a single mm -hmm. little piece. I get people that email us every day that want a Dutch oven, and we're thinking about that. I don't know if we'll do that. Um, there are a lot of pieces that are, there's this oval fish dish, which, which I think is really cool, which I'd love to do someday. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful piece of cookware. And then a, um, I'd love to do a, a flat round griddle, um, almost like a crepe pan mm -hmm. at, at some point. Mm -hmm. It's a very shallow, accessible mm -hmm. type of piece, but, um, could There's, you do a plancha? What's for, that? Could you do a stovetop plancha for us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that would be yeah. awesome. Those are getting so hot right now. I know that'd be great. That'd yeah. be great. Um, we've got a lot. There's a lot of options out there. We just got to be sure that we um, we do it right mm -hmm. and find it, test it, and be sure that it's that it's it's ready to go. So. Well, if people want to learn more about Isaac, you can go to the southernfork.com. There'll be links. Look at these beautiful pans. I'm also going to link to the Food 52 fried egg moment because yeah, I think I people think just great. don't even realize how yeah. awesome that is. If you've ever made an egg in a cast iron skillet, you know of what I speak. <laughs> so, um, and if you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes. And in the meantime, support people that are doing great work like this because cooking is more than just putting food on the table. It's supporting um, a whole cycle of thinking about what you use, the food that you eat, the people you support, and it really is creating community. And um, this man used to sell communities, and now he builds cast iron. So. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for Thanks coming lot. today. Enjoyed it. You've been listening to The Southern Fork. I can't wait to bring you more culinary conversations, but in the meantime, I have one question. Are you going to eat all that? <laughs> <laughs>